You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Well, well, Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and we got a great show for you on this magnificent Thursday. I, I gotta say that I'm excited because Joy Hollingsworth is in the building, y'all. And many of y'all know that Joy is running for Seattle City Council District Three seat, and I'm so grateful that she has made time in her busy schedule to join me today to tell us all about her platform, why she's running, and her background, which she brings such a unique perspective to this candidate race and to her serving the city in this way. So I'm so grateful that she is here. But of course, it's the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time to tag and share this stream right here. That's right. Participate with us by tagging and sharing the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, don't worry. We do definitely have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite, you name it, you will find us there. Uh, and, you know, please, you know, search all the ones that you love. Uh, share the podcast too. We appreciate you for doing that and appreciate all of our listeners around the globe, you know, paying attention to what we're doing right here in the Black Media Matter studios on the day with Trey. We appreciate all of y'all for sharing. Well, before I get into my discussion with Joy, I'm excited because as you know, Converge has been on the ground pounding the pavement and it's been great to see these segments of celebrating amazing business owners and opportunities for all of us to become uh, dedicated patrons of great businesses. And if you don't know about this one, check out Paris from Soulmates. Hi, my name is Paris Johnson. Welcome to Soulmates. Soulmates is all about the sneaker community. Yeah, so sneakers is more than just a shoe. It's actually an icebreaker. It's a way to get to know people. There's a lot of times where, you know, I mean, we could all be in our own world, just walking down the street, iPods in our, in our ears, just minding our own business. But once you see somebody with a shoe that reminds you of your childhood or an experience that you went through, you end up stopping and talking to that person and you can end up spending 30, 40, 50 minutes just having a conversation about sneakers and getting to know someone. And so sneaker brings people together and, and it lets us know that we have a lot more in common than separates us. Well, soulmate, everybody's in search for their soulmate. You know what I'm saying? Whether you believe in God or you believe in something else, whether you believe in your spouse, you know, to, to who you run with. You know what I'm saying? People that you run with in business. I think everybody has some sort of soulmate. And so being in the sneakers, I felt, I felt that it was very, very important for me to take a spin on that. Some of the most popular brands that sell for us um, is like definitely Jordan 1s and Jordan 4s. Uh, that has always been um, a very, very popular sneaker. Um, Yeezys have been doing better than Jordan for quite some time now. Um, everybody wants Yeezys. Uh, I know that he's been speaking his mind a lot and people are like afraid of Yeezys, but that they're actually selling more. People want them more because they're like, oh, he's gonna get canceled. I need to hurry up and go buy them now before they go up. And so it's really actually, you know, it's really actually helped his business if they do decide to continue. 
Um, but Yeezys do very well. Um, and then collaborations. Collaborations like Travis Scott or Jay Balvin or Off-White uh, might merge with a company and do come together to do a design or something like that. So that's always a very good one. I grew up around here. I care about the neighborhood. We do raffles. We do we we give back to the community. We give back uh, to the area that we grew up in. Uh, and we're trying to make sure that the kids that are into sneakers understand that this is actually like business economics one on one. Right. You can understand what the retail price, uh, where, where to buy it at. And then once it sells out, you understand supply and demand. Why is the shoe going for more money? Because the supply was low, but the demand is really high. So that causes the prices to go up. And you can understand these things. You can understand the housing economics. You can understand um, the marketing on stocks. You can understand a lot of different things just by understanding sneakers. We do a shoe drive right now. And so we'll have the sneaker community come out and donate shoes and we'll give them a discount. And then we take those shoes and we give them to people in need. We give them to homeless people. We give them to, you know, a wide variety. So we give shoes away for free. But if you're buying a shoe, I think maybe like, I think the cheapest shoe I could think of right now is like 75 bucks. And the most expensive shoe, um, well, was 15 grand, but I sold it at SneakerCon. So right now at the moment, probably, probably like five, five, six thousand dollars Those are Kanye shoes. We got several off-whites here. Here's another couple off-whites. So what they'll do is they'll take a Jordan silhouette and then they'll color it, whether they do a classic colorway, but change the shade a little bit. And then they'll distress it, put different type of materials, put wording on it. We have a QR code system. So you just come scan it and it'll pull up the, uh, the listing on the website. Um, we really created that once COVID came and, and was in effect because once we started, we were non-essential. So we had to close for like six months or something like that. Um, but when we, once we opened back up and people were still afraid to shop, um, we created a system where they didn't have to come in and ask too many questions or, you know, people could have their mask on, people could feel, we just try to make it super safe and super friendly for other people to come in and be like, oh, scan it, cool. You know, <laughs> when somebody wants to buy a shoe, you hand it to them, they go get it and they ring you up, you know? You can buy online and just pick up and we'll bring it to you outside. So we just try to make ways for people to feel safe and still, you know, still support. The central district is clearly been gentrified. I grew up in this area on 20th and Union and, you know, we've been lost those houses and, and had to move out south. And so for me coming back to the city was was one part of it. But I had opportunities to go on the landing, to go Bellevue Square, to go to different areas. And I'm a man of faith. So praying you know, believing that I would find the right answer. And, and I believe God spoke to me and said, he, I'm gonna make the most impact with your life here because this is where you're from. And this is where people know you most. We try to make sure that we want to expose other businesses to a platform that we had. So we'll, we'll usually once a month, we'll do a pop-up. We'll invite like a black owned business out and have them come and sell their products in the store. And then we'll have a chef come out and set up shop like right in front so they can sell their plates. The, the owner can sell their merchandise here and just try to make sure that, you know, that people in the community have an opportunity that wasn't necessarily given to me or, or that isn't given to us. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, you guys definitely need to pull up. Um, we're located in the heart of Seattle, Capitol Hill area, 1422 Harvard Ave, Seattle, Washington, 98122. So on Instagram um, and Facebook, you can follow us, uh, Soulmates, S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E-S 206. And the website is sms206.com.
What a phenomenal story there with Paris at Soulmates. If you have not already shopped at Soulmates, but yet you're a sneakerhead, let's support this local store who's doing it big, not just for the culture, but also for the community. Shout out to you, Paris, for knowing that there was a need for a store like yours in our neighborhood, in our community, you know, uplifting unique styles and dope ways for us to showcase our fashion, our personality in the things that we wear. Shoes are a major part of that. And we know how, you know, uh, a lot of it is driving culture forward when a certain shoe comes out and the buzz is out there. You know, folks want to, you know, look good, and feel good. So thank you so much, Paris, for the work you're doing with Soulmates. Uh, love that store. My brother is always talking about how phenomenal it is. And you also do some major, major collaborations with local brands where they're doing pop-up shops in there. So you've really opened it up for folks to really experience it in a multitude of ways. So kudos to you and your team for all the work you're putting in. Well, after this short break, y'all, I get to do the deep dive with Joy Hollingsworth. That's right. She is in the building to tell us all about her journey and why she is running for Seattle City Council District 3. Stay tuned right after this. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey, Portland, Basil Gordon here from Converge Media and your very own Jammin' 107.5, inviting you all to tap in next week as we uplift black businesses across the Rose City. We check in with Stacking Kicks, Black Mannequin, Yeah That Clothing, Mr. Chuck's Auto Detail, and more. It is the Rose City Black Business Uplift next Monday through Friday, all across Converge Media platforms. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. Where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Joy. What up, Joy? Hi, Trey. Hey, you're bringing joy to the... I'm sure people tell you that everywhere you go. But, you know, I really want to dive into your background because it takes a lot for someone to, to say, I think I need to throw my name in the hat when it comes to representing our district in the city. Tell us about your background. Yeah, so background, born and raised in the Central District. Spent 38 years of my life thinking about, you know, mini middle school and tops, Stevens Elementary, uh, Garfield Community Center growing up. We always, the, the old Garfield Community Center where Quincy Jones's place is and had a beautiful time playing basketball. I left, went to the University of Arizona for college, came back to Seattle, had a wonderful time working at different uh, nonprofit organizations uh, with youth. Uh, thought I wanted to do basketball, so got into basketball coaching as well. I went to the University of Washington where I went and got my master's in education and then uh, started a, a family business, a farm with my family, and did that for about nine years. 
and then left there. And now I work at Northwest Harvest doing food insecurity with folks and a small business as well. Yeah. I mean, your plethora of experience speaks volumes. And I think uh, for anyone who's taking on the the opportunity to represent so many in the city, you really have to have that kind of level of diverse experience. How do you feel that that's going to serve you if you are to win this seat? Yeah, it's huge because you think about the 38 years that I've spent in the district and seeing how policy has impacted people seeing the gentrification of the district, seeing about small businesses, having experience with uh, different youth and advocacy. So it's, it's a plethora of different layers of experience. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember having some early conversations with you about like, man, I think I'm, I might want to do this. And I loved that you were taking a, a solid approach to really connect with the village that surrounds you. Right. And the fact that you were able to hear from different people about how they could see you doing this and, and really fulfilling a void that's there right now on the city council. How did all of those kind of connections and talks really spur you to make the choice? to finally say, yeah, I'm going to run. It was huge. It started with community. It's going to continue with community. So making sure that we talk to different voices, people, it was so important to be able to do that. And so that was a big piece because I come from the community. I know the community. I wanted to make sure that I knew that. Yeah, that is, um, I think that's the best approach that one could ever take. Plus, as we know from community, you have to stay connected and tied in and tapped in in order for them to really, you know, vote for you. It's not just about the platform you're running, but because of your diverse experience, tell us about some of the things that you really want to bring to Seattle City Council in terms of maybe the platforms that you're really upholding and taking with you. Yeah, it's great that you said that because you have to know policy to be able to put forth. You have to know people to put forth good policy is huge. So some of the platforms that we're running on, number one is community safety, the right response to the right situation. Number two is about our economic recovery here in Seattle. What does that look like for small businesses and and how we lost over 6,500 businesses throughout the city during the pandemic? Uh, another one is uh, housing, stability and, and housing. What does that look like? Not just affordable housing, but home ownership mm-hmm. as well. And then youth enrichment and engagement. Our youth have been, um, you know, gone through a lot through COVID. They were put online during schools. And so just trying to figure out how we reconnect with, with youth um, as well. And then last but not least, the essentials, the central government, roads, infrastructure, our library system, all these things that keep us running properly is going to be important. Well, I have a couple of questions about that too. I mean, you know, a poll just came out, uh, I think over 2000 different residents in the city of Seattle were, uh, did a survey on, you know, what they want to see. And we see that there's a majority of folks who want more police who really don't like candidates who are kind of running on some of these other forums. How do you bring those folks in to understand when we're talking about community safety, that we're also talking about ways to ensure that they are safe outside of some of the norms that may exist, especially when we have the data that showcases that police are only solving 2% of violent crime. There's clearly a void there, but there's still a lot of minds and hearts that need to be shifted to understand that void. How do you see yourself kind of filling that um, understanding for them and bringing them along? 
Yeah, it's huge. I think a number one thing is when we talk about the right response to the right situation, we understand that, you know, you're talking about fire, EMT, you're talking about uh, police that are responding to priority one calls, like you just mentioned that are, you know, anything shots fired or gun related type violence. But it's also understanding that safety includes uh, creating this holistic approach. Safety means different things for different people. It might be food insecurity, it might be housing, it might be mental health services. It's all these different avenues. And so we understand that we have to embrace and bring everybody together to understand that it's not just one thing that keeps us safe. It's all of us moving together in these different roads to create these safe environments. Yeah. And I agree 100%. I think it's such a collective approach. And if we open up our, uh, expand our mindset a little bit more to some of those uh, different ways of doing it, we got to bring innovation in, I think, in order to really solve a lot of what we're seeing out there. But also you talk about infrastructure and that oftentimes isn't like a sexy topic, right? Like people are not just, oh yeah, our roads, we need, you know, right? There are some that really are about the roads, but how do you foresee making that an important issue for voters to understand the significance of infrastructure as they think about, you know, voting for you as this, uh, you know, district seat, uh, district three seat? Yeah, a lot of people don't understand or haven't been exposed to how important government is, particularly local government and how local government affects the crosswalks, the lighting, how uh, traffic moves, what are your stoplights looking out? How much do the libraries get funded? The library that we access uh, in the central district or on the north end, whichever ways uh, essential government comes into play, that is so important. And I think what we do at our campaign is we're so proud about the education piece. We're showing people what's important, telling people, hey, if you wanna light on this crosswalk next to this school, that is your city council. That is Seattle Department of Transportation. That's local government. And so I think it's that education piece and transparent access to government that's going to be important. I agree. And, and uh, you know, we experienced this as we were doing a bunch of different sit-ins and teach-ins after George Floyd. It wasn't all protest. There was a lot of let's bring the community along with education in terms of identifying and understanding the community-based organizations and the work they're producing on the ground, which oftentimes you're really not tapped into unless you are involved in it, your child is involved, you find yourself needing those services. But there are so many folks who really understood and got to learn so much more. And when you bring people along through that education piece, it opens up the, the uh, opportunity to build the trust. And that's really what I want to talk to you about next, because we still have a large amount of distrust in our community with so many people, so many elders who have just been there, done that. They've been extracted from tremendously um, in terms of government. Come on, tell us what you think. Come on, tell us, tell us, tell us. And then nothing happens. So how do we, you know, really work on building that trust as you kind of take on this responsibility? Yeah, trust is, so it's, it's important. And the reason why is because what I think we're doing well is this has to be a multi-generational approach, right? Uh, you have young folks that are Gen Zs and millennials that want transparent access to government. 
then you have your older folks that have been there and done that. And we have to figure out where these bridges come from. And I think it's going to start with number one, we have to listen to understand. That's going to be huge. Number two, we have to create those spaces where we listen to understand and those, those building community pieces. Right. And then another piece is we have to engage our young folks in a way that they feel heard. I think about all the different uh, demonstrations, all the different movements across the United States, even before, like during civil rights, these were all by young folks. Young yeah. folks started this. And so we have to engage with them so they understand the importance of government. And then the government can't come and say, well, this is how government works. You know, we're it's it's too slow. We have to have a sense of urgency. Yeah. I also think too, so much of it is that nobody cares unless you're talking about doing something that's going to change their lived experience. And, you know, we, we would say elevate material conditions all the time during that time. You know, we're talking about real action, direct action that's going to hit families. Um, and that for me is so much of the key because they can be as engaged as they can when it comes to policy and, and, and practices and different approaches. But if all of that means that their life is the same as it was before, then we're really dealing with a, a huge issue here in terms of them wanting to be engaged because so much of it means that we have to be taking on how to engage them in a way that's really going to change their lives. So when you think about, you know, bringing folks along and listening to folks um, and creating those spaces that you said, so much of it is getting the people there. What are some of the ways that you foresee doing that bit of the work? Because we can create these spaces all day long, but if people don't show up, you, you have a lack of what you're really hoping to gain in terms of building trust relationship and really having that kind of conversation and discussion to really learn from community. Yeah, that's huge. It starts with our babies. And I say that because you think about um, how we have not created spaces for our youth to be able to develop different certain type of skill set, job training, understanding government. If I was a youth and I wanted to go get a job, just a teen, a job in the city, it is really cumbersome and difficult to be able to connect it to government. And so thinking about a couple years ago, uh, the city of Seattle wanted to have it all on one platform where if you were a teen, you could go online and look at different ways to get connected to jobs within the government. It could be Department of Transportation, Sustainability Department. Government has over 45 different departments in the city of Seattle. And so thinking about pathways where we're bringing youth along to get engaged with that piece, number one, more events, community events. I, every time I'm out, people want to build community. People mm -hmm. are ready. They've been inside for three years. They've been distant. They've been disconnected. Right. And so they want connection, which are two different things, connected and connection. And so that's huge. And so when I hear that, I'm thinking about different ways in which we can be able to build community and create those environments where we're going to listen and uh, move forward. Well, I, I think that's a solid approach. I mean, you, you got to got to be able to open up the doors for folks to be engaged and really care again, because that's also how you increase the, the not just the number of voters, but you increase level of engagement. Um, and that means that people care enough to do something, to get out of their comfort zone, to come to that community event, to be inspired enough to share, you know, with you and your campaign and others what they want to see in the city, well, which is so key. Well, 
you know, the characteristics of District 3 have been really interesting in the last few years. We know Sawant uh, has ran a certain type of campaign, and there are some that are like, it's it's either or. It's like you're either for it or you're not. But it also means that the opponents that she's faced in recent years and, and over the years have been directly different from the approach that she takes. So in a sense, you know, we have a lot of new people to the area of District 3 that, you know, whether they understand it or not, in a sense, it's like, oh, man, I, I didn't know I was a gentrifier or look, I just came here for my job. And, I, you know, right. Like you're dealing with different dynamics. How do you foresee bringing those folks together to understand that you're the right candidate for them? It's me going out to them. You got to meet people where they are. So you'll see me all the way from Madison Park to Capitol Hill, North Capitol Hill, Madrona, CD, Leshy, cutting over to you know, all these different places in the district, everyone has a different voice that they want to talk about. Everyone has their different perspective. You think about their neighborhood. So it's really about um, meeting people where they are, having uh, people slide in the DMs all day or being so accessible. I remember Sam Smith, and he was the, our first black city council, he would answer his own phone. Mm -hmm. That's how accessible he was. You know, I'm not old enough to remember him answering his own phone, but you hear stories. Yeah. And so it's about the accessibility piece that I think is gonna be important and just amplifying the voices from all the neighborhoods and find the, finding the commonality with folks. Well, I, you know, kudos to you because I know it's a whole journey and there's a lot of energy that you have to have in order to embark on the journey. But also I think there's a lot of folks who are, rooting you on in a sense of like, well, I can't vote for your district, but I'm definitely rooting you on, right? In terms of knowing that you can bring such a wealth of knowledge to the role. And it's necessary right now for us to have black representation on the city council. How is that kind of weighing in on you? Uh, because I know there's a lot of folks that have been like, man, we haven't had a black city council member for too long. And that's a part of, I think, what, what folks are like, we need this badly in black communities, but even uh, our communities that are allied communities and those who understand the need for diversity um, in the city council to really represent our historic neighborhoods that we've had, particularly in District 3. How does that play out for you? It's huge because it's a major responsibility. And when I thought about what I wanted to do, when I talked to people like you and people in our district, it was really important that I got, you know, insight from you all. And so uh, to be able to feel like, okay, I can help be a bridge to government, you know, amplify voices, make sure that we're represented well, right? Historically excluded communities have a voice at City Hall. I think that is important, but I also understand the responsibility. And um, because you understand the responsibility, you understand the weight of that, right? And so it's bigger than me. It's not about me. It's about our community. Yeah. Uh, representation is key. And thank you so much for that joy. Of course, I got to give you time to look right there in the camera. Let voters know why they need to vote for you. This one closest to me. Uh, let them know why they need to vote for you and how they can find you and connect with your campaign. Hey, so Joy Hollingsworth running for Seattle City Council District 3. I would love to have your support because we're bringing uh, essential government, prioritizing a lot of our uh, different needs in the community, and then also uh, bringing historically excluded communities to City Hall, ensuring that we're represented well. And so you can find me on www.joyforseattle.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram, 
Twitter. I'm also on TikTok and Facebook, and it's all for Joy for Seattle. Come hang out with us. We're, we're come, come connect with us. And we also have an event tomorrow, March 10th at Garfield Community Center at six o'clock, our campaign kickoff. Oh, there we go. Tomorrow at 6 p.m. Open to the public. Garfield Community Center doing it for the people. Joy Hollinsworth, thank you so much for being here and for giving us some time to really get to know who you are and why you're taking on this huge responsibility in the way you are. Kudos to you for putting your name out there. I know that this is a, a real journey and I'm just giving you all the positive energy. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for sharing your platform. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, of course, I get to wrap up all of this beautiful on this thorough Thursday. She kept it real thorough, so I had to throw that in there. Uh, I get to wrap it all up right after this short break, y'all. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. What up, y'all? T-Dub here, as always, bringing you the news and art planning and opportunities. This year's Four Culture Project grants are live now, and here's what you need to know to apply. Four Culture Project grants fund cultural activities and projects throughout King County. If you are an individual or group with arts, heritage, or preservation at its core, then this funding is for you. And if you're new to the grant application process, Four Culture hosts virtual workshops and has a team of grant managers ready to assist you in the process. The deadline to apply is March 23rd. Head over to fourculture.org for more. Hey Portland, Basil Gordon here from Converge Media and your very own Jammin' 107.5 inviting you all to tap in next week as we uplift black businesses across the Rose City. We check in with Stacking Kicks, Black Mannequin, Yeah That Clothing, Mr. Chuck's Auto Detail, and more. It is the Rose City Black Business Uplift next Monday through Friday all across Converge Media platforms. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I just have to say, what a phenomenal Thursday it has been. It's so great to be able to connect with folks who are putting their name in the hat in this hot and ready city council race. I I'm telling you, you know, we need to be engaged. We need to be informed voters. But more than that, we need to really be inspired to step outside of our comfort zone and participate in some of the activities that a lot of candidates put out there, not just for you to get to know them, but for you to actually be one of the voices that are leading them as they take on these amazing opportunities to be representing us all in spaces like Seattle City Council. So, as you heard there, Joy for Seattle. Make sure you follow Joy. Go to the event coming up this Friday at 6 p.m. at Garfield Community Center. Step out if you are a District 3 voter and you want to know more. This is how you do it. This is how you get engaged and get informed so that you can make a decision that's really based on what you're learning instead of just maybe what you're used to voting as. You never know what a candidate might bring if you do not engage personally with them and work to build that relationship. So it's a two-way street, y'all, as Joy is out there pounding the pavement and knocking on doors, answer the door, you know, work out, go to one of these events, you know, check out uh, the website so you can be engaged when the next event is coming up. And it's on us too, to be the ones to say, let me figure out who is running in my district and do, do their values align with mine? 
do their perspectives and the approach that they're going to take align with what I really want to see. It's on us to be engaged. And now is the time as folks are getting themselves out there. So check Joy out at joyforseattle.com. Of course, I'm also really excited that y'all were with me today. Thank you for being here. I was inspired by what Joy was sharing. As y'all know, that, that, this right here is my daily dose of inspiration, okay? And I was so inspired by Joy, you know, not just saying, look, I'm from some from Seattle. I know kind of what's best, but no, let me hear from the people. Let me do this the right way and really bring the community with me as I take on this race. And, you know, I want y'all to be inspired too. Joy is just one person who has decided to do something about what she sees and what she sees is needed at the city council level. But you all, we can find the ways for us to be engaged as well. And I encourage you to be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution as Joy has. Of course, for me until tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., y'all. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.